Josh and Richie here with your hometime podcast. You know the phrase, uh, one man's rubbish is another man's treasure, or... Something like I that. I think I've quoted it very One man's well. treasure is another man... No, one man's... Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's it. One man's rubbish is another man's treasure, or one man's treasure is another man's... Never rub another man's rhubarb. Oh, no, that's from Batman. Do you know what? One second. Before we go on with the beginning of this, one man's treasure... I want to get this phrase right before we start the podcast. This is ironic is... because the show you're about to hear is riddled with so many inaccuracies. <laughs> it, it almost needed to be struck off. You know the phrase, one man's treasure is another man's trash? Oh, that's the one, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Literally saw it happen in front of my eyes today. We have a skip on the driveway uh, yeah. as the house is... All this work's going on. Um, and... I saw two gentlemen rock on up in a transit van. They didn't have too many teeth. It was difficult to understand what they were saying. But they walked up to the skip in front of me as I'm putting the pushchair out this morning, literally in front of me, and started rummaging around my skip. Oh, really? It's weird, isn't it? Because the bizarre thing is, right, we've had a radiator replaced over the weekend and they've, they've left the radiator out the front. And you get these people that go round in vans, and normally you want, you know, you think, oh, well, don't leave your bike out because they'll have it for the iron, or mm. not, you've got an iron bike. Do you know what I mean? If you've got an iron bike, <laughs> just get something new. It must be absolutely knackering. But um, so you don't want them to take it. But now I'm, I'm almost want to show a bit of leg to want. I want them to take our radio. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's weird, isn't it? Swings and roundabouts. But one man's treasure is another man's trash. We had a slow cooker that melted because Natalie put it in the oven because she needed to speed it up. Oh, my word. <laughs> what on <laughs> earth is going on there? They've taken that. That literally is trash. That is bizarre. Who, I mean, we haven't got time to get into why Natalie put the slow cooker in the oven, but that's another show altogether. Everybody is fuming about the Football Super League, and rightly so, it's a terrible idea. Twelve teams, including six Judases from the UK, uh, forming a kind of breakaway league thing, no relegation. Kind of elite circle in the wagons. It's awful, and it's all we've been talking about all day. But we just thought, to start home time and keep the positive vibe going, let's try and salvage something positive from the idea. It can't all be bad. So here's the question for you in this hour of the home time show. Uh, the Football Super League thing is awful. What instead would you like to see a Super League of? So, just to chuck my hat in the ring with this, what about a Super League of service stations? Oh, well, yes. You know, Kiel yes. on the M6 taking on T-Bay, the eco-pretenders, uh, and maybe taking on some of the best service stations they've got in Spain, if they've got service stations in Spain. I'm sure they've got service stations. I don't know if they have. <laughs> You've got to think about some of the French ones with the old uh, toll roads. You know, they've yes. got good ones because you pay for them. Well, this is it. Some of, the, some of the different things that you've got. Have you got a machine that tells you your fortune by you putting your <laughs> hand into the, the mouth of some kind of gargoyles? Remember those things? Sometimes yeah. you get them or a service station that will you put a quid in, you get a, a, a hand-drawn pencil picture of yourself. <laughs> it could put you in the top six. I'm putting forward a Super League of, uh, of breakfasts, Ooh. a European Super League of breakfasts. I genuinely, when I go to a hotel, can't decide whether I want your full English uh -huh. or whether I want your continental breakfast. It's ever so difficult to decide. You know, you've got, you've got your fry-ups yeah. and everything that's coming with that. Your lashings of things fried versus your pastries. 
Well, sometimes I really like those ones. You go to, like you say, like a, like you say, a, a travel lodge or something like that, yeah. and it's just in the hallway. Yeah. And you don't get any judgment about going back again and again and again. Exactly. Go and keep on picking up pano chocolat and having your your yogurt and all that kind of thing, and then thinking, but then do I have the English? But it's it's stiff. So European Super League of breakfast. This is it. Well, yeah. Put a couple of packets of Weetabix in your bag. Have them later on. Anything goes. <laughs> uh, Fitzo on Twitter says Dad Super League uh, weekly challenges like shopping and getting exact times and items. Push chest, slalom, eating crisps and shouting at the TV. Uh, so we put it to you. These are all great ideas, but what would you like to see a Super League of instead of the football? Simon Besant uh, has tweeted he's being mischievous. Caterpillar cakes he's putting oh. forward if you follow the news. I love that. that. I love that there's a legal <laughs> battle going on. Uh, I was kind of saying earlier on I'd love to see a European Super League of service stations. Did query whether the Spanish have service stations or not. Uh, someone texted to say uh, Spanish truck stops are awesome. They're cheap, delicious. You get a three-course meal and free wine. See, immediately, the European Super League <laughs> of service stations has got quite some support. Get yourself on the TV, right, Sky? Get involved. Uh, Tripod Man says, uh, European Super League of 80s kids cartoons. He says, Ulysses 31 would be seeded in the number one spot. Freddie would like to see the Super League of Mr Kipling's cakes. Oh, no, that is interesting. I mean, you've got a whole aisle, really. Where, where would you... What would you have in the top tier of that? But well, I, Bakewell Tart would be fighting relegation unless it's a closed sh- close shop, that like is, the football one. How dare you say that? Not a fan What's of Bakewell with the, Tart. The, the Kipling Bakewell Tart's fantastic. I'm just not a fan of Bakewell Tart's full stop. I'd go your Frondent Fancies. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had them. I love them. They're, 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 they're pink and yellow and brown, and I love nibbling the little what's-it off the top. Little what's-it off the top. <laughs> have a look at call it something else and then realise it oh, might sound wrong. Oh, I know wrong. those. The, you kind of bring them in if it's your birthday or something mm. like that. Um, I like the... Uh, they've got, like, blackcurrant in them. you seen those ones, the little fruit, the I different fruit ones? Looks like an apple pie, but it's got, like, a blackcurrant centre. See, once again, there's another one that really is taking off before we've even <laughs> finished talking about but it. But don't worry, there's no... No relegation. <laughs> uh, trainers, says Ian. You can tweet us at Absolute Radio. Trainers, Adidas Gazelles would surely be right up there. I'm going to go for Vans. <laughs> High tops, go for Vans. Uh, Emma says, chattiest taxi driver. That'd be interesting. Imagine their chattiest taxi driver, Super League. Uh, Arjen says, you'd uh, like to see a tip, Super League. Tip Super League. Once again, not, I'm not aware what your continental tips are like. Well, this is, if you've been to a Spanish tip, do get in touch. <laughs> you've just got I me mean, speaking of Super League. Haven't you got a super tip near you in where? Yeah, I've got a fantastic super tip. That would take on anything that they build on over uh, there. But they've called it a super tip. Does that mean them and five other uh, top <laughs> tips are going to be uh, doing their own thing and not get relegated? Yeah, and you can never better it, yeah. Well, this is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, get in touch. What would you like to see a Super League of? Paul, what would you like to see? Well, it's got to be baked beans. It's got to be baked beans, definitely. I think Branston are the best. Without a doubt, but everyone says HP. Do you know what? Supermarket brands, what do you think? We love the idea of a uh, European Super League of baked beans, because it would have been won every year by Heinz, I think, but uh, I'd see that Branston were like, you know when Leicester won it out the blue? Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like Uh, that. They're they're young pretenders, aren't they, Branston's beans? Yeah, I mean, they they, they come out of nowhere, you know, where they sort of think, oh, you know, Branston, you know, never heard of them. Yeah, I think they were the Accrington Stanley, weren't they, baked beans, but... (laughs) Yeah, I think now they're probably, yeah, they're right at the top there. And then surely you're allowing supermarket-owned brands in? Yeah, yeah, I think we can have a few supermarkets. I'm not sure if I can name and shame about supermarket brands. Um, yeah, but I think some of your, your sort of budget ones are quite good. Fantastic. Um, and do you ever, do you ever amend your beans or, or um, put anything into them to make them taste better? Like I remember someone I know used to put, like, butter in with them to give them a kind of a better taste. you do anything like that? 
No, no, I'll just go for the Branston. No, I used to try that when I had the cheaper ones, but uh, I tried the zero sugar ones as well. Yeah, all this. Yeah, I'm not into that. I think, yeah, we definitely need the sugar. I think the Branston hits the sugar rush as well. It's got all the nice ingredients you need to make a tasty baked bean. You'd have the twice-a-season Heinz versus Branston battle, and that would be called the El Harico. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of think it would be like your Liverpool and your Man City wouldn't it up there. It could be, yeah. It would be called um, the El Harico. Oh, El Harico. Okay. That's the translation for beans, isn't it? Oh, is it? I'm, I'm sorry, my, my translations are not great. It's, it's a cleverer oh. joke than everyone realises. I'm stuck in here till seven o'clock with him, Paul, so just <laughs> spare yeah, a thought yeah. for me, mate, all right? That's, that's it. I feel sorry for you, but yeah, you, you hang in there. It would be called El Harico. Yes, we get it. <laughs> They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Meal deals, says this text. Oh, yes. I love a meal deal. I love a meal deal. <laughs> I still think Tesco's takes some beating. The, the Tesco-curry combo. You get the rice. Yes. And then you get the, the main curry meal and yes. you get like a side and a couple of bits. Of, that, for me, is the finest meal deal going. Their lunch meal deal of a drink and of the main and a side. Yeah. Three quid. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, Ray says roundabout uh, Super League. Imagine that. I, I think Swindon would be in with a good shout there. They've got some cracking roundabouts going on. But other countries don't have roundabouts. Don't they? No. No other countries have got a roundabout? No. Are you sure? You swallowed slightly strangely in a kind of nervous way then. <laughs> I'm pretty certain of it. Really? I've seen them go around the Arc de Triomphe and stuff That's like that. That's not a roundabout. Front. Isn't it? No. It's just a free-for-all. That's just the road around a monument. Is it? Can you confirm this for us, please? Sometimes Richie says stuff with complete certainty, but underneath, he doesn't 100% know. Uh, Jason says, what about a supper league? And he's played on the name Super League. Best thing to eat early in the evening after you had your main tea or dinner, it's got to be a tea cake. Matt says, a soup Super League. Uh, Paul says, what about a bag for life Super League? That'd be so good. And Simon Stewart says, you can have a cheese Super League and call it the Primula League. Thanks, Simon. Very, very good. Karen and Grantham, a beer Super League. Haribo's been suggested. I like the idea of that. Uh, Where are we at with the, the roundabouts one that got put forward? Well, you closed it down because you said quite very convinced that um, no other country apart from the UK has roundabouts. Correct. Well, we've got Mark on the line. Mark, is Richie right? No, that's not quite correct. I think what he's thinking of is um, America only has one roundabout, so pretty much every other country has roundabouts. Yeah, you know I mean? I'm, I'm pretty certain one of the scariest bits about driving in France a couple of summers ago was going on to a roundabout from the other direction that you used to. Oh, definitely. It's horrific, isn't it? It's, um, it's quite unnerving. Mark, you're making a bold claim there. America only has one roundabout. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's a fact. OK, cool. Oh, these, these grid systems on all the other roads, as in our blocks, our streets, is it blocks? Yeah, blocks. I'd love to know what one place in America's got the roundabout then. Where, where is the, the American roundabout? I actually can't remember that. But I do know that they do only have one. Right. So he, he can't remember his one fact, but he's happy to shout mine down. Where's the fairness <laughs> in oh, Yeah, definitely. Beautiful evening, uh, beautiful afternoon, which uh, gave Bush and I the chance to uh, sit outside the studio today to uh, chat about the show, plan the show, and it turned out we were sat next door to footballing legend Patrick Vieira. It was so bizarre, we were sat there chatting on a bench, and I looked tomorrow because he, he was sat just behind where Richie yeah. was, and I was thinking, that could be him. So I had to write a note on my diary and put it on your lap so you could see it. Discreet. It was very discreet, and then you, uh, I've never seen you act like that before. <laughs> I absolutely... 
absolutely <laughs> bottled it. I could not talk. I could not think. We were there trying to... I mean, this is why the show's been so ropey. I was trying to think of, you know, it's just you know, crystallised all our plans for the show. And I'm there thinking, is that really Patrick Vieira? I don't think the jacket and the, uh, the 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 trousers match. Would he would he wear a, a jacket and trousers combo that isn't matching? Would Patrick Vieira have shoes like that? He's got sunglasses. Is that Patrick Vieira? What I loved is that we weren't sat that far away from him, but you were just like staring at him. <laughs> you were scorping at him. Absolutely. <laughs> I lost all respect for myself when I look back. It was a. Te- I absolutely bottled it. The man's a hero to me. But as you you were looking at him, I was thinking right because you just our conversation had, had run out because you just turned round <laughs> like, like a dog with his. Head out the window on the motorway. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's going to speak to him then. That's what's going on. Richie's winding up to speak to him. And then Patrick got up and walked off and you just followed him with your eyes. You never went over and chatted to him or anything. I didn't have the courage. He was, he was sat yards away from you on a bench. I really wanted to do... I really wanted to do something about it and didn't. I didn't Were you I trying didn't to think of like a, an opening question, an icebreaker? <laughs> yeah, what would you have said to him? It's like, like trying to ask someone out on a date. <laughs> it is, isn't it? But not having the courage to get up and go through with it. So if, if you two have bottled it with a celebrity... Let us know. This isn't the chance for you to say, oh, I saw I saw them at a petrol station and we talked for an awkward 30 seconds. If you absolutely bottled it, this is what we want to hear, OK? Yes, I'm the Arsenal fan. We were sat next door to Patrick Vieira outside the studios earlier this afternoon. But you also did not ch- take the chance to talk to him. I could have taken a photo of him. You could have done. I could have done a photo of you in front of him so it looked like you were kind of together. You could have done, taken a picture of me and just him in the background just to prove to everyone that this happened. You could have done that thing where you put... Um, with perspective, your finger on the top of his head, like the leading Terra Pisa. <laughs> so get in touch with us. If you also have completely bottled it with a celebrity, we'd like to hear. Laura says, I saw Sir Ian McKellen at a share concert. I didn't have the guts to go up to him. I did take a few sneaky pics. Oh, that's the weird thing, isn't it? Imagine that Gandalf at a share concert. That'd be so good. But this is the other thing. These things will live with you forever now. I imagine you're going to be beating yourself up and coming up with opening lines that you could have said to... Patrick Vieira today. Absolutely. My old man has already texted me in the last three minutes of that last song just saying what a shameful thing this is to hear. This tweet says at a car show in Glasgow, my dad said, look, there's Jackie Stewart. I looked up just in time to make a full eye contact with him from about 10 metres away. So Jackie nodded and smiled whilst I froze for a second and decided to pretend I hadn't seen him. This is it. It's your big moment and then it's going to stay with you forever. I love this text. There's a friend and I are judo coaches and we spotted judo world champion Craig Fallon in the car park at a judo contest in Peterborough. My friend got overexcited and shouted out in a high-pitched squeal, Craig Fallon! (laughs) And then was so embarrassed he bundled me and him into some bushes where we hid giggling like schoolboys until the great man had gone. John, you bottled it, but who is it with? Phil Collins. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Now, we're big fans of Phil Collins on this show. We love him. What happened? Tell us the scenario. I was at uh, Heathrow Airport waiting for a uh, girlfriend to come back from Australia at the time. Um, stood right next to him, shoulder to shoulder, um, and in the air tonight was in the charts. And um, I'm trying to think what hideous record kept it off number one. Was it the Teddy Wogan and the choir thing or something? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, he stood next to me. I looked at him and thought, Christ, it's him. Um, he looked at me and smiled as if to say, yes, I am Phil Collins. And I just froze. Couldn't say anything. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't try and do any gags about uh, no jacket required or something about in the air tonight? If you're at an airport, there's, there's, a, there's a definite avenue there for a gag. You didn't try any of those? No, uh, not at the time. No, no. I mean, the only thing I was going to say is something about, you know, this whatever record it was keeping him off number one. But I thought, well... That probably wasn't the thing to say to him, really, was it? 
It was the um, it was the posthumous release of John Lennon's Woman. Oh, that kept it off number one. Uh, yeah, absolutely positive. Oh uh, right, okay. Well, it's a good job he didn't say anything. Then it was a sensitive issue. <laughs> I think it would have been very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know. I mean, it was. Uh, I regretted it to this day because I mean, I'm a drummer in a band myself, so uh, I could have had a good chat with the guy, but uh, it wasn't to be. Kerry says I met Damon Hill in the golf club, uh, club shop where I worked in the office. Ooh. I was so starstruck. I walked out of the shop to my office backwards. I had to lean against the wall to calm down. Wow. Damon realised what had happened and signed his scorecard for me. You can tell you're properly shocked if you walk backwards. Very rarely in life do you walk backwards <laughs> like that. Uh, Gemma says I was 15 years old, went to have my picture taken with Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. He was ready to have the pic taken and I ran off. Wow. wow. Holly, you bottled it, but who with? Gosh, OK. Well, here we go. I bottled it with Dave Grohl himself, the king of rock. Oh. <laughs> now, he, obviously, he's, he's a friend of the show. He's yeah. one of the nicest people in the world. How did you bottle it with the nicest guy in the world? He, Surely he's very approachable, Dave. <laughs> he is incredibly approachable, yes. I, um, I was actually in Oxford Street in London, and I was eating some noodles at the time, and... Uh, Dave Grohl kind of just walked slowly towards me and I thought, wow, okay, Nirvana are my favourite band ever. And uh, couldn't think of any English whatsoever to say, so I offered him a mouthful of my noodles. <laughs> <laughs> so you, the, the, the one and only chance you're going to get in your life to say hello to Dave Grohl and you went, do you want some noodles? <laughs> It's the only chance I will ever get to beat Dave Grohl. Always wanted to my whole life, and I often some noodles. Yeah. Uh, what kind of noodles were and you eating, it. just out of interest? Uh, do you know what? They weren't even that exciting, so... <laughs> on a recent, plain noodles. On a recent chat that we had with Dave Grohl, uh, he said he was very into all things grilled. I'm not sure he would have wanted your noodles, <laughs> so I think you may have dodged a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> he did turn them down, but he was very nice about it. Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Now, our much-loved Rivers competition will be returning very shortly with our friends at Sky History. Uh, the new series of River Hunters is on. It's back on telly tonight. And host of the show is on with us now, Rick Edwards. Hello, Rick. Hello there. How are you? Hey, good to have you on the show, Rick. How are you doing during these unusual times? You doing all right? I mean, I'm, I'm sort of middling. I think everyone's middling, aren't they? Although <laughs> middling, but now sort of approaching um, slightly better than average. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Is, is that because uh, you're able to get out swimming now? Obviously, that was one of the, uh, the things that was uh, uh, released on the old roadmap a couple of weeks back. But uh, if you're a big swimmer, obviously, with river hunters, surely being able to swim has been something that's lifted you. You are absolutely bang on. As soon as um, as soon as I was able, I, I booked in my uh, my sessions at my local pool. I've got a pool literally sort of thirty seconds away from from where I live. Oh, cool! Uh, so I've been uh, been getting in there. It's been nice. I mean, I'm, I'm deeply, uh, I've got to say, deeply unfit. It turns out the lockdown hasn't been kind to my fitness. <laughs> uh, can I ask you a question, Rick? In terms of swimming at your local pool, you, you're not one of those people that has flippers on their hands, are you? I remember used to go swimming, and there's a guy who used to always overtake me with flippers on his hands. You're not one of those, are you? No, because that's cheating. <laughs> that's true. We, we all know that's cheating. I, to be honest, I don't even like flippers on, on the feet. I just said, come on, you know, just, just, just use, what, use what you've been given. 
Um, uh, I do, however, uh, take my own um, little uh, paw boy, you know, the thing you put between your legs so you can just do arms. Do you? Know, oh. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I know marks you out as being a, a bit of a dick. If, you, if you're going to like um, a local pool and they've got the they've got the slow, middle, and fast section, where do you go? Straight into the fast. Good lad. Straight in. Look at that. Straight in. And, and, then, and then fuming that the other people aren't quite fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> can I put a business proposition to you, actually, Rick? Um, you yes, can you join can, Bush yeah. and myself, and we can launch this together as a three, if you're interested at all. Obviously, one thing that I see that I think is quite cool are those sort of mermaid flippers that, uh, that, the, uh, that the girls are able to put on. Oh. What about for merman? Mer- yeah, merman flippers. Because they look fun. Okay, so we're, so we're going to do merman flippers together, us three, are we? I mean, it's, 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 it's eccentric. <laughs> uh, you don't have to decide now. When, when we walk into Dragon's Den, I think they're going to be quite surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said when we walk in, when we sort of hop in, wearing, <laughs> our, <laughs> wearing our merman flippers. We're not giving any way more than 15%, though, Rick. Let's agree that before we go to the wall. Hey, well, listen, yeah, let's, let's talk about... 50 grand for 15%. But that's the way forward. He's in. Well, let's talk about river hunters. Britain's uh, rivers are fascinating and they have so many undiscovered treasures in them, as you'll see from watching your fantastic programme. Do you think rivers are overlooked in the world of, of history and archaeology? I think they are. But with the experience of doing the show is that they definitely are because... Whilst detecting and, and searching for stuff on land is is a pretty popular hobby, and you see lots of detectorists out and about with the metal detectors on beaches and, and so on, and all you really need is a detector and you know permission. Whereas getting in the water is just a bit of a faff. Um, you know, it's just more it's more involved, and it's and it's a bit you know slimy and cold, and I just don't think as many people are doing it. So mostly. The rivers are unsearched, which is amazing for us because it means that we get to find more more stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just it's fiddly. You know, you, you, just, you need a lot more planning. You can't just think, well, I'm going to go and search in a river. Um, you, know, you need to sort of dig your wetsuit out and all this kind of palaver. Um, but like I say, perfect for the show. And do you, um, this is a personal question, but do you wear in your wetsuit to keep yourself warm, or is that a myth? <laughs> Uh, I mean, listen, <laughs> I have done. Have you? And, uh, yeah, but... In the car. <laughs> you, you'll like this, yeah. Yeah, not even in the water, terrible. I've really got my timing wrong. Uh, no, I, um, when at the end of the day, the wetsuits uh, all have to be cleaned, but someone else has to do them, and I didn't realise that. So as soon as I realised that, I was like, well, obviously I can't do that anymore because that really is unacceptable. I can't get someone else to clean my, my urine soaked wet. Uh, tonight's episode, you are in the shadow of Ben Nevis, um, and yes. it's dramatic, but not because you're caught short. Uh, no, no. it's um, So we, we were searching next to this lock, and we knew that... It had been a, a training facility during World War Two you know, for the Allied forces. So we, we kind of were aware that we might find some sort of modern weaponry. Um, and Bo came across this uh, grenade, World War Two uh, sort of pineapple grenade. Right. Um, and um, we, to be fair, all thought, well, that's that's good, and that doesn't look live. And then the, the safety people had a look and said, oh, no, that might be live, actually. <laughs> and so then we called up the, wow. um, the, sort of the landowners, and then they called up the police, and the police called up the MOD, and then the MOD came down and said, get out. <laughs> get out now. <laughs> did a, um, yeah, and did a controlled explosion. Wow. Very exciting. And, what, and did it make a good, like, what kind of, what did it look like, the explosion? Was it like a load of water going in the air, or was we, it dull thud? We, 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 were, we were miles away by that point. We weren't allowed anywhere near it, oh. so I don't know. 
Um, I assume I assume it was spectacular. In my mind's eye, it's spectacular. You did but say was, the river um, hunting was fiddly, so uh, yeah, there <laughs> yeah. you go. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I, I, um, I mean, now when I look back on it, it's all quite funny, but also quite terrifying because we were just so blissfully unaware that we were in potentially quite a lot of danger. <laughs> so I'm just looking at this thing from about six inches away. <laughs> Speaking of danger, uh, I mean, what, what, when you're getting in rivers and stuff like that, like, they, like you say, it can be kind of dark and slimy and stuff like that. It, what kind of thing that lives in the river kind of freaks you out the most? I'm not a big fan of eels. Eels are, are weird-looking things, aren't they? they they're, they're curious-looking creatures, aren't, aren't they? they? Um, and we have seen some, some eels. I think when we were in... Canterbury, we saw some eels slithering around, Ugh. and that you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of fine with everything. I just don't necessarily want it to come too close or, or give me give me a nibble. They look like um, eels look like the thing. You remember in Star Wars when they get trapped in the garbage compactor in the Death Star, and that thing with the eyeball yeah. pops out. They remind they remind yeah. me of that eels are almost like take a look at yourselves, eels. You're a disgrace. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing. No one is sitting eels down and telling them that. I'm glad that you are. Someone, someone has to say, listen, eels. Come on. You've been, you've been doing this stuff for years. And actually... <laughs> Whilst we're talking of things underwater and discovering things and your Scottish episode tonight, where does Rick Edwards stand on the Loch Ness Monster? Ooh. Uh, well, I mean, it's disappointing. I don't think that there is a Loch Ness Monster and I'm so sorry um, and I wish that I, I wish that I did think there was one but I think it's extremely unlikely um, and the same goes for you know the abominable snowman and, and, and the yeti I just I think we would have would have had more um, compelling proof by now would you would you I be up for going down there in, in your wet suit and going right to the bottom and having a look in the lock and see if it's there oh absolutely yeah because imagine if it is there and you're the guy who discovers it <laughs> well, and then worst case scenario, it turns out it's actually a massive eel. <laughs> <laughs> but you would then lose out on all the profits of the merman. <laughs> no, well, hang on, no, I, I, I disagree entirely. I think if we've got that as our anecdote about yes. when we were testing out the merman kit, we discovered the Loch Ness eel. I said suddenly the money is absolutely pouring in, isn't it? Who'd have thought we'd end this phone call and be business partners with uh, Rick Edwards? Rick, it's an honour to have you on the show. You've got much better than I ever thought. It is. You've ended up with uh, 15% of the company. This is superb. Uh, Rick, thank you so much and cheers for speaking to Absolute you. Radio. Thank you. Bush and Richie here with Home Time, a load of brilliant songs before you've had your tea or after you've had your tea. So, busy show, uh, a few bits of unfinished business to take care of before we finish at seven, uh, and that is your weekend cliffhangers. This is mm. where we ask you for stuff on Friday's show that you've got going on uh, that means we'll want to get back in touch on Monday, today, to see how it all went down. Now, one of those on Fridays, you remember was the, the Peregrine Falcons? So that was, uh, there was a lady that we spoke to who... Uh, was was looking after a family of peregrine falcons who were living in a chimney across the road from her house. Is that right? Correct, yes. Uh, with uh, looking after them from a distance uh, with binoculars and checking to see whether the peregrine falcon uh, pigeons have had... Uh, pigeons? I don't think peregrine <laughs> falcons give birth to pigeons. Look, after your uh, thing about roundabouts in the first hour of the show, anything goes, mate. You know, we were getting a lot of stick on Twitter over the weekend. People taking the mickey out of us for asking if they go up the chimney to feed them. Yeah. Because apparently they're quite vicious, these things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So th this is why they're taking the pictures from a distance. Uh, Pam has tweeted us a picture today uh, of the mummy falcon. 
Okay. Uh, still sat in the in the nest. Uh, it does appear that there there are no chicks just yet. So we're just going to have to keep uh, keep in touch. Watch this space one, if anyone cares. Hashtag pigeon. So no certainty on that, but we will get hold of Darren next, who is attempting to paint his lounge for the third time in six months over the weekend. Been thinking about Darren all weekend with his third time redecorating his lounge in six months. We've got him on the line now, Darren. How did he get on? Yeah, mostly to plan. A uh, few upsets along the way to get there and a few beers. But, um, yeah, finally got there, we think. We're intrigued over the weekend because, uh, as we were speaking to you on Friday's show, you were telling us that you were going to drink whilst doing the decorating. We thought that might have uh, interesting uh, consequences. Did, 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 did you uh, decorate better when you had a couple? Well, the key in it was okay until I drink, and then it went a bit awry. Um, but then uh, events overtook because the Prince Philip uh, service was on the TV, so I followed that. And then football followed that, so I followed football. Uh, so the drinking got heavier, uh, within reason. And uh, the key in sort of finished, mostly good. Uh, but the rest of the decorating had to wait until the following day. Now, this was your third decorating of the lounge in six months, I seem to believe. Um, with what level of certainty do you have that it's now complete? I'd say about 98%, 99%. Pretty good, he's on target. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing that was concerning me to the point of almost losing sleep over the weekend was the colour that you were paying it. Please tell everyone the colour that you were paying in that room again. Uh, well, it, it, um, it should have been steel grey. Uh, when we opened it, it was darker than we thought. And between was me going to the toilet and being queue and coming back to the wife in the queue, I think she changed it. Uh, because it actually turned out to be a colour called Toy Soldier, which is really dark. Um, so I just <laughs> took it straight back to being queue, changed it over and got the one I originally wanted six months ago. Uh, which is pretty, not bad, but it still does look a little bit battleship grey, thanks for us. Fantastic, I love it. It's taking me back to my Airfix modelling days, and I love that. <laughs> Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news, and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Needless to say, you did at the beginning of the podcast tonight hint upon it. Uh, let's get into this just for a second. My disappointment at my wife melting our slow cooker, I could not believe, I could not believe the logic that she'd employed. Explain. Uh, we were doing a stew in there, um, but it uh, had not been on long enough and we were getting hungry, and so she just thought, well, I'll put it in the oven for 20 minutes just to finish it off, and put wow. it in the oven, and then I, <laughs> I came in. She'd melted the lid onto the actual slow cooker. Wow, that's unbelievable. I think we need to do a phone-in at some point on what have you melted. You've been listening to the Home Time Show on Absolute Radio. When you go home, you've been listening to the Home Time Show. The, the last bit, bit of the no guarantee. guarantee. Soon, May, your tea will come. You can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel. The Home Time Show is about the Essex Loop, the bird invasion, and I hate for Bing. In the Home Time Show, we speak of pundit shoes and a lass called Leona. Soon, May, your tea will come. come. You, you can, can watch, watch TV in your tracky bottoms. bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel.